Get ready, get ready for this pipe and hot tea. Get ready, get ready for a tea time and filter with your girl every tea. Spilling all this hot tea on this podcast street. So get ready, get ready for this pipe and hot tea. One tea time and filter with your girl every tea. Hey, tea sippers. Happy Sunday. I hope everybody's doing good today. So I got my girl, B.L. Sherelle. She is back from Philly, and she's joining us today. There is so much to talk about. B.L., say what's up to the people. Hey, tea sippers. Hello. Man, it's a lot to talk about. She hit me up the other day, and I wanted her to come on and do another podcast with me. Because if you guys do not know, that demon time energy that folks was manifesting in 2020 has fully come to fruition in 2021. Yeah, it's always, it's at the max at this point, I feel like. It really is. Mm -hmm. And so many cities around the country, the list just came out two days ago, that numerous cities have broken records for having the most homicides in years. Like we haven't seen these homicide levels since the 90s when we were growing up. And it's like a repeat. Um, Even St. Paul, Minnesota, where I'm currently at, in the Twin Cities, they even hit. Um, Usually their max they've ever had is 30. We're at 35 in St. Paul. St. Paul is a a twin sister to Minneapolis. Minneapolis is on track. Uh, They've brought the name back, Murderapolis, because we're on track to break the record that we broke in 1996. Mm -hmm. Philly is sitting here at like 524 murders. Mm. We already broke the record. I think the record was 500 in 1990. Yep. Um, uh, Austin, Texas, uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico, and most of uh, Memphis, Tennessee is number one in the country for homicides. So it has gotten crazy out here. So I'm going to start by playing you guys some news clips. I want you guys to just hear the news from around the country and what different people are saying about all of this gun-fueled violence. So let me go ahead and start here. Across the country, police departments, cities, towns, and communities are dealing with an alarming increase in the number of homicides. From Portland. Everybody has their head on a swivel. To Birmingham. Let's go right over to the street. Now to Austin. And this certainly is not the right reason, not something when we're setting this type of a record uh, that we want to be in the news for where the fast-growing city has shattered its yearly record for homicides, making 2021 the city's deadliest year on record. A CNN analysis of more than 40 of the most populous cities in the U.S. shows nine that have already set homicide records before year's end. Indianapolis has surpassed their 2020 total of 215, Philadelphia with 524 homicides to date, and Albuquerque, New Mexico with 103 in Austin, Texas. What's it like to see the numbers of homicides that you guys are experiencing right now? You know, it's just really disappointing, quite honestly. Austin Police Chief Joseph Chacon says there's no one reason for these record high numbers, but he has noticed a disturbing trend. We have seen uh, really a spike in gun violence. So, uh, you know, just a proliferation of illegally owned weapons on the street. Nationwide, more homicides are being committed using guns than ever. Shootings have increased nearly in all major U.S. cities that track that data. There have been 88 homicides in Austin so far this year, according to the police department. Double last year's total, and the city's homicide rate has ticked up to 8.5 percent, 
putting it on par with numbers not seen consistently since the 80s. Another tragedy, another person dead. 1995 was a grim year in Minneapolis. A violent summer led to so many killings that the Hennepin County Medical Examiner ran out of body bags and had to ask for more money. That year eventually set a record for the most homicides the city has ever seen and spawned the infamous nickname Murderapolis. But when you directly compare, this year isn't that far off. There were 74 homicides by September 13, 1995. So far this year, there have been 66. Put recent homicide numbers on a graph and you can see how out of place this year and last year look. Homicides are up 12% from last year and it's more than double any of the 12 years before that. A recent in-depth Star Tribune report found 90% of gunfire reports come from just five neighborhoods in North Minneapolis and south of downtown. We just have to keep prayers here. Get these guns away from these babies. They think they're playing these games, thinking it's, they can come back to life. It's not, it's not happening. It's not, it's not so. 12-year-old London Michael Bean was shot to death last week, joining Anaya Allen and Trinity Otterson Smith as the faces of innocence lost to gun violence in the city this year. None of those children's murders have been solved, and many city residents are asking, what will it take? to turn this trend around. Turn these shooters in, please. Please turn these shooters in. My mom got a phone call and she just broke down crying and she came in and told us that uh, Sam Collington was shot and killed. Samuel Collington, a Temple University senior, killed Sunday in an attempted robbery. A vigil Thursday honoring the 21-year-old, renewing calls for change and accountability. The city of brotherly love now facing a nearly 12% increase in homicides from January 1st to late November. Homicide rates in Philadelphia continue to grow. This mural actually has the names of those killed or injured by gun violence over the years in the city. Most of those people are black. Specifically, 83% of those shot in Philly are black. Black people making up nearly 82% of fatalities. Among those killed this year, a pregnant woman and her unborn child shot after her baby shower. 14-year-old Samir Jefferson fatally shot 18 times this week waiting for a bus. And Evan Baylor fatally shot in June. That is a pain to put your child in the ground that I would not wish on my worst enemy. Baylor shot just outside his mother's home. This home. Evan was outside and he was preparing to sell his car to a childhood friend. Baylor never made it back inside, a triple shooting, leaving the 23-year-old and another man dead, and a three-year-old shot. My son was captain of the football team in high school. My son was a scholar athlete. My son went to Penn State. He did everything that he was supposed to do. He wasn't in the streets. He wasn't gangbanging. Officials say city suspects are difficult to track, citing a need for comprehensive witness protection. But these homicides are not unique to Philly. The FBI reporting 2020 homicides up by the largest one-year spike ever, jumping nearly 30%. The main cause of death, which has been you know, the case for decades, is uh, firearms. The Philly Police Department telling NBC they're on track to recover 6,000 crime guns this year. I've never seen this many illegal guns flooding the streets of Philadelphia. Johnson is on Philly's Special Committee on Gun Violence Prevention. Guns, a contentious issue for Philly lawmakers. A bill to allow concealed carry of weapons without a permit passed by a divided Pennsylvania House in November with mostly Republican support.
On Thursday, that same bill vetoed by Governor Tom Wolf, who called it, quote, dangerous. A new study finds Memphis is the most dangerous city in the country. This report comes as the Bluff City is on pace to surpass a record number of homicides. WREG's Jordan James joins us live with a deeper look into the report and how the community is responding. Jordan. Alex, there's a feeling of sadness that Memphis ranks so high on this list, but it's a reality that has many people concerned about their safety. Flashing lights, crime scene tape, and grieving families have become a common sight across Memphis. It's just rock bottom. Mm -hmm. It's just completely rock bottom. James Crawford did not always feel this way, but after watching a loved one's life get taken, it's hard for him to feel optimistic about the future. It's not going to end. I have a feeling it's not going to end. It's going to keep on going like a loop over and over again, like an endless cycle. It's crazy. A newly released report by 24-7 Wall Street compiled FBI statistics and declares Memphis the most dangerous city in the country. From 2019 to 2020, there was a 38% increase. MPD Chief C.J. Davis blames the increase partially on guns being more readily available. All right. So you just watch that montage and it is just heartbreaking that it doesn't matter where you go in this country. The violence is just up. How does a 14 year old boy end up getting shot 18 times in Philly? That was so, so, so sad to that day. It, it, it's been a couple where I feel like people are starting to kind of be like, damn, what the what the fuck is really going on? Like that woman that got um, killed, she got killed. She lived on the block, maybe like two blocks behind me. She got mm -hmm. shot over 11 times in her stomach and in her head. Like when that happened. So they I, knew she was pregnant. It wasn't like, you know, an accident. She just got hit. No. She was, she was specifically shot 11 times. She was specifically shot. She was, oh she was bringing her stuff from her baby shower out of her car taking it into her house. She had literally just came from her baby shower and somebody, they said that it was domestic um, and related, but we don't know because nobody ever really heard anything about it after that. Um, but that was one that kind of set the city down. And, and, and it was, people was just like, damn, this is really, 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 really bad. It was another video of this 50, she was like 55 or something older woman. She was running down the street from somebody and the guy was just running behind her, just hawked her down, just, just, I just saw killed that video her. in front of everybody. Yo. And then casually walked off like, like, like he didn't do anything. It was, I saw that. I had mm, chills. Mm, mm. It was so crazy. And it's like, you know, I, I just, I, I, this one guy, the kid, he was 19 years old. He got arrested for three murders and like three attempted murders. And he shot at the cops. He just was doing a lot. And I was just wondering I'm pretty sure he probably lived with his mother and I'm pretty sure that his mother had no idea what, what, what her son was into. And mm -hmm. I just, like, I, I really wish that we got to watch our kids. Like you, you remember when I went through that shit with my son, when he popped up with the OTF tattoo, right? Mm -hmm. Like you have to watch what they're into. You have to watch if they are on PlayStation a lot, go on the YouTube, search the algorithm, see what pops up on their feed. So you see what they're into, you know, or, mm -hmm. you know, just pay close attention to what they're wearing, pay close attention to the music they're listening to. Like, so you can understand the type of culture that they're in. Cause she, at this point she was living with a serial killer might as well mm -hmm. fucking say. 
And yeah. I'm pretty sure she had no idea. So that's just, it's so crazy, you know? And, and you know what? Speaking of serial killers, do you find it funny how in our community we'll sit as well in hip hop community? Let me say that because hip hop is not necessarily the, the whole black community, but like in hip hop, they'll sit and praise these kids for being shooters and hitters like King Von. And so many others. But when you really look at the psychology of like a KI, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Um, or King Von, these young people were serial killers. Yeah. When you have multiple bodies under your belt, why are we not calling it what it is? If this was a white man, okay, that had seven bodies under his belt and was stalking women and doing all this shit in the Ozarks, we'd call him a serial killer. But with these kids, we don't. We call them shooters and hitters and we glamorize it. But this is nothing but seriopathic, you know, pathology. Absolutely. These are little, these are mini serial killers in the hood. Absolutely. They've gotten to taste the blood and now they're going after it again and again because it's a high that comes with that. Yep, absolutely. We've got them here. Yeah. I was trying to f*** up. Y'all was trying to f*** up. I was like, damn. You f***ing doing shit. The exact uh, text was something along the lines of, when it's all over with, I'm going to get up in you or something. Does that sound about right? <laughs> That's something. That sound wrong. So yeah, I'll be saying wrong. Yeah, I probably did say that. I called you. I talked on the phone too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he really liked it, Chikaira. And he was like, well, she too pretty for that. And tell her to stop game banging, you know. He liked her as a girlfriend? Yeah, he wanted to be her boyfriend. And she just felt like he was trying to set her up and kill her. That's what she told me. She like, I think he's just trying to kill me. He don't like me. What's the like? Play me out like that shit was cool. Now it's like two. Catch her walking out. Her new hairstyle blue and she looked cute. But that means shit to me. I crept up then I boom. And that was that. And I, I do think changing how we look at it um, would change a lot. But I, I, I think that for some people, the mentality is like kind of too far gone. So mm-hmm. for like the kids that are already in it, I mean, I, I hate to say it like that, but I mean, that's just how I feel. I do. I think that you, we have to work on restricting the, the access to, you know, the weapons and stuff. Cause they, they already think how they think. And mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not really sure we can change it. The only thing that really changes is if you can sit down and do some time, you know, do a good 15, 20 years and be like, damn, I was on some bullshit and be able to grow up and mature. But if you're never getting caught, which a lot of them aren't um, because of how the police is just overworked, too much going on. Um, and also we'll get into later with the, you know, the guns are traceable these days. It's hard for them to lock these, lock these kids up, you know? Um, and then a lot of the kids who come in doing carjackings, you know, stuff like that, they like 10 and 11 years old. They start that shit like early and it's, it's so crazy because you can't hold them because of the pandemic. So they get, they get, they get arrested. They come right home, you know, and they just continue to do the same shit over and over again and progress. And naturally, you know, they get into uh, murder and it's just very, very desensitized at this point. It's so, so, so sad. I just, I I just, I don't know what to, what to think about it at this point. Mm -hmm. So today's podcast is sponsored by Chime. It is officially the holiday season. And while you're out here shopping and buying gifts for friends and family, the last thing you need is a $33 overdraft fee, okay? Chime is an award-winning app and debit card that has saved its members more than $10 billion in overdraft fees with Spot Me Fee-Free Overdraft, 
Eligible members can overdraft up to $200 on their debit card purchases and cash withdrawals with absolutely no fees. Now you deserve to have a financial peace of mind. Join the millions of Americans already loving Chime. Sign up takes two minutes and it does not affect your credit score. To get started today, go to Chime.com forward slash sip slow. Once again, that's chime.com forward slash sip slow. Banking services provided by and the debit card issued by Bank Court Bank or Stride Bank NA, members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements apply. Overdraft only applies to debit card purchases and cash withdrawals. Limits start at $20, but may be increased up to $200 by Chime. Chime member overdraft fee savings based on eligible members. Use of SpotMeV, $33 average overdraft fee. Overdraft fee data based on bank rate. Checking account survey and CRL June 2020 overdraft fee report. So make sure you guys check them out when you get a chance. Yeah, no, it really is. And when you think about the things that our kids are into, because even for me, like I said, I was shocked when I finally realized what Fortnite was really about. Mm-hmm. Remember the whole time I thought it was like a game like Dance Revolution because he right. keeps seeing all these dances on TikTok. So I'm thinking, okay, I guess these kids are into dances. And then I'm finding out it's a whole battle royale. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Where these kids are shooting each other until you're the final person. Yeah. So they're being desensitized with that. And even once they kill the op, quote unquote, they're dancing and partying and two-stepping. Mm-hmm. So it's like we're normalizing death in a scary way where people are not even realizing like death is permanent and there's no coming back from this. This is not a simulation. This is not a video game. You're really taking somebody's life. And even back when we were growing up, there were certain rules, you know, with certain rules, like you did not go after children. You did not go after old people, pregnant people. You went after other gangbangers. Right. That's what you want to be involved in. You went after whoever was wearing red, whoever was wearing blue. You try to leave the civilians out of it. But at this point, I just feel like it's a do what thou wilt. Anything goes. When yeah. you got a pregnant woman, you can clearly see she's pregnant being shot 11 times and in the head. That is demonic. When you and see then, a yeah, and in the stomach. Yeah, and in the stomach. So to purposely kill that next generation. So there was yeah. nowhere to say that baby. And then for a four, like, what does a 14 year old boy do that somebody decides we're about to shoot you 18 times? Mm-hmm. What was the little and boy involved in? They caught those gentlemen that did that. Mm-hmm. And when they caught them, I was shocked that they was 21 years old. I thought that it was going to be kids like him. Mm-hmm. I had no, when they, when they showed that them boys was 21, I was like, that's kind of older to be killing a kid like that like i, I just i was I, I thought it was gonna be 15 year olds 16 year olds right. what i'm what i'm noticing is sometimes like kids will um or people who are active in the gang culture or just getting active they'll make their price someone that's less um of a threat right so mm-hmm. someone who's not gonna have immediate uh, an immediate uh get back like they don't have a bunch of people around them already. They haven't already, you know, killed two or three people who want slide uncles, you know, for them. So they, they, those are easy kills to get them into, you know, whatever it is they want to get into. So, so like an say, like an initiation is what you're saying, right? And it's okay. easier to do it with a kid who play like they in the gang, right? Like mm-hmm. on, on online talking about smoking ops and shit, but they never did nothing in real life. 
right? right? It's easier to do that to that kid than it would be to do it to somebody that's actually active. So sometimes when those kids are really young getting killed like that, that's what it is. The child was like playing in it, but not really, you know, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. haven't put in no work yet, haven't hardly committed a crime yet. Um, but they're just in the culture a little bit and they know people, maybe their best friend might have did something or, you know, shit like that. And then right. it comes back on them, but they really wasn't even active yet. But it's just an easy kill for them. Wow. Yeah, I was just shocked when I heard that. I mean, we went from hearing like, oh, such and such got shot, you know, maybe two, maybe even three was excessive. But now we're seeing people being shot 18 times, 20 times, 15 times. I mean, it's insane. Yeah, well, think, mm-hmm. you know, the style of killing, um, it it propels you in a certain way. So if you kill someone and you shoot them 10 times in the head, right, that's your mm-hmm. life amazing in, in in the eyes of people who you know do this type of shit whereas if you if you shoot somebody in the leg and the and the bullet travel up and you know just kill them it's like yeah but you, you know you, you didn't mean to do that or your aim wasn't as on point so you know the the most the more horrific the killing the more impressive it is in that world you know that is true because that's when you had like the whole war in Chirac how it became a game to these kids you know, where they would rap about it in songs and, and talk about, you know, the dead homies and this and that. And this person caught seven and two to the mm-hmm. dome. And so it's like they're purposely trying to leave their mark. It's it's not enough to just kill somebody. Right. I want you to know that I'm the person who shot that person 15 times. Right. And it reminds me when you said in the remember in the green room the other day when you was like, I'm wondering, well, like, what's the dark side to the metaverse? Mm-hmm. I feel like this is a part of it because all of it is done kind of online. Like, you know, like they do this shit in real life and then they talk about it online for other people to see it. And they wanted the whole world to know I didn't. My best friend might have got killed, but I didn't do nothing about it. Y'all know what I did about it. You know, so now mm-hmm. y'all can't look at me. like So it's all about perception online. And I, I, I feel like that is the darkest side uh, when you was like, is it going to be criminal who's in the metaverse when you were saying that? <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> I think that, that that is a part of it because they're doing a lot of this for like online instant mm-hmm. gratification. Um, well, even if we can talk about just real quick and then we'll come back to it. But even young Dolph's homeboy, Key Glock, his cousin, even said he he posted it this other day because he had went silent after young Dolph was killed. But he recently posted this yesterday or the day before. And he said, God may forgive you, but I don't. And that's all he wrote. So, of course, people are taking that as is he's about to put in some work. Uh He's going after those people who took his cousin. Uh So you're right. Social media plays a big part of the bravado and, you know, letting people know, like planting seeds on your next move. Right. Even if he has no intentions of doing anything, Mm -hmm. he can't make it seem like that. Right. Everybody's like commenting. Well, like I've been seeing a bunch of comments about that and they like, oh, um, Dolph folks live immediately for him. They ain't do nothing for Vine. And now they all in dirt comments about Vine. And it's just, mm, it's, look at that. it's, it's so, it's so crazy. And like the constant, you know, um, harassment, I mean, cause that's harassment, you know, mm-hmm. or it was this, it was this, um, comedian, he made a joke. He said, um, they done killed uh, Dolph. He said, I love my city. He's, he was from Memphis. Mm-hmm. He said, I love my city with some laughing emojis. He got killed behind, allegedly they're saying it's behind that post that he put up on Facebook. And all of his comments is all this. That's what you get. Ah, I bet you don't love your city now. Ah, we smoking on that. Uh, literally every wow. comment 
every comment is people ridiculing this boy's death. And whether you think that it was appropriate or not for him to make that joke, right? Um, mm -hmm. It's definitely not appropriate for him to get killed for making the joke. Like, right. you know what I mean? So for people to just be constantly in the comments just joking and laughing about him being dead mm -hmm. over an ill-timed and ill, you know, it was an ill joke, but I mean, he well, didn't That happened to a comedian in Philly of, like a year or so ago, too, where he had joked about something, they ended up killing him as well. Oh, yep, 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 yep. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Now, let me, let, let's go a little bit deep real quick here, because I love how you're talking about the commentaries, because I always say that a lot of times the people on social media tend to fan the flames, because it's very easy to sit in the comfort of your home in the middle of Idaho. Mm -hmm. Right. And put on this persona and just instigate and start shit. Absolutely. No, you're not. You're not living in Chicago. You're not in in, in North Minneapolis. You're not in Philly. Mm -hmm. You're not in any of these areas, but you're able to enjoy the entertainment. Right. Right. From the comfort of your home. But now let's go deep. I remember a while ago, I told you guys I, we had watched a video on Discord and the video was talking about how 95 percent of the Internet is fake. Mm. A lot of the interactions, this is what people don't realize. A lot of the interactions that you have with people on social media, it's not necessarily from real people. A lot of it is AI. And if, you, yep, mm -hmm. and if you really break down AI and, and, and all the things that's going on, a lot of that stuff is entities, mm -hmm. you know, just different. I don't care if you want to call them aliens, demons, a lot of this technology creates portals for entities to enter in. Mm -hmm. So when you think about it as a human being, right? And I'm not saying there's not regular sadistic people, but for the most part is having that human chip. There's a certain level of decency, right? right? So even if this young man cracked a bad joke as a human being, you're thinking, damn, that's messed up, but we're going to leave it at that. Right. I'm not going to comment. He has family. He has a mother, but think about the people who are commenting. Are those people necessarily people? Right. right. Because, again, it's about planting seeds. Mm -hmm. So let's have this bot come in here and say, ha ha, that's what you get. And then now that sparks the seed right. for all this negativity to build. And people are like lemmings. The second you see one person doing it, well, now let me try and be funny and I'll top them. No, you're right. So how much of the Internet is fake? Studies suggest that less than 60 percent of web traffic is human. That's right. Sixty percent. According to researchers, some years, a healthy majority of them are mostly bots. For a period of time in 2013, the New York Times reported that half of YouTube traffic was bots masquerading as people, a portion so high that employees feared an inflection point would happen, meaning YouTube systems for detecting fraudulent traffic would begin to regard bot traffic as real and human traffic as fake. They even have a name for this hypothetical event. It's called the inversion. Remember, this was all the way back in 2013. So it's not a stretch in the slightest to assume that the threshold of bot traffic has been met and surpassed, meaning that the internet is, for the most part, filled with non-living voices. It really puts it in perspective how outnumbered we are compared to bots. So a lot of people don't even understand how deep this internet shit goes. A, like one of my good friends, she works with the city of Minneapolis. She works with like the whole violence prevention. That's like what she does. That is her job. And she's on call 24 seven, you know, getting pages every time a young person is killed and trying to defuse the situation and all that stuff. And she says that at least 95% of the issues and the homicides in our city, and I'm sure in many cities, they all stem behind social media. Yeah, they said the same thing um, here in Philly too. 
Mm-hmm. They said it's all, and, and they could all, and you could trace it all back. Mm-hmm. If you could trace it all back to social media, so they got the feds coming. Allegedly, um, you know that there's been a lot of beef in between the police commissioner and the DA and the mayor of my city. Um, so allegedly, the feds are supposed to be coming, and they have a social media unit who's just going to constantly scale the internet. And a lot of the convictions and a lot of the arrests that they do have, it stems from the internet. That's where mm-hmm. they get the evidence from. It ain't, yep. it, there is no more, you know, collecting shell casings and finding fingerprints yep. and all that shit. They ain't, that's not where they're going to find the evidence that they need. They're going to find yeah, it all right people, on the internet. Yep. People want attention. Yep. So I'm going to plant seeds to let you know that I did it, but I'm not going to come out and say that I did it. Right. But I'm going to, post up at the bus stop and say I'm smoking on Tuca. I'm going to post up over here and, you know, say some little fly shit because again, everybody on the internet is trying to be an internet detective anyways. But a lot of the information, yeah, they don't have to go, like you said, and go look up shell casings and knock on doors and talk to neighbors and look for witnesses. All they got to do is sit on the gram, sit on Facebook long enough. You have people who have made whole careers on YouTube off of black death. And I'm not trying to throw trap LaRosse or whatever his name is under the the bus but he's one of them a lot of people get on dj academics and we've held him accountable for his war in chirac and he's trying right. to change and you know he wants to be hollywood so of course he's going to try and distance himself for that from right. that but what he has done is plant seeds for other people to come up behind him and now create whole channels dedicated to the violence in hip-hop in Atlanta, in Chirac, in Philly, in Florida. And I've watched some of Trap LaRosse's videos and I'm like, this is a white boy who lives in the UK in the comfort of his own city. Is that the one with the creepy music? No, he doesn't make, no, I don't think he tries to be like a white rapper or something. He's more dopey, but he gets tons of views. He talks Mm -hmm. a lot about like, he breaks down like a lot of the Chicago beef. Mm-hmm. He's basically picked up where DJ Academics has left off. Right. But the difference is he's white, so he gets major sponsors as well. Mm, wow. You know, reaching out to him and say, oh, well, while you're doing the show, can you shout this out? So he's getting a bag either way. And then he has the videos on Patreon that are uncensored. So, I mean, he does good research. These are long videos. But I find it very funny that a lot of black folks in hip hop are quick to call out DJ Academics. And what he did with the whole Warren Chirac and how he put a lot of this energy out here, but nobody's calling out these white boys who are doing the same exact thing. Yeah, no, we can try and clean it up by saying, Oh, this is bad, and oh, I don't believe in guns, and you know, oh, that's sad that FBD Juck's mom is up here getting threatened, but you're still monetizing and eating off of this. So let's keep it real. There's money in black death. Right. There's money in all of this. Absolutely. And people are, you know, at this point addicted, you know, to Mm -hmm. black death, but at least DJ Academics is trying to rebrand. At least he is mm-hmm. trying to, you know, go. You know, you know, I've had my beats with Academics, right? But, you know, at the same time, he is trying to move forward. He's not, but it's that one channel that has like that creepy ass music, and it's like that creepy ass voice, mm-hmm. like the murder of FBG Dog, and then they like go into the whole thing. And mm-hmm. a lot of the cops use the YouTube channels. Yeah. They don't even gotta go yeah. nowhere. Which is crazy. That's how you know all this is like kind of it's kind of metaversy. It's kind of mm-hmm. you know because it's it's crazy that you can solve a crime by coming to the internet before you can solve it from the street. That's that's yeah. really crazy. Because I remember when I was cooking Thanksgiving, I had a lot of videos playing and stuff as I'm cooking. And while I was like prepping the food, like I watched his whole FBDG, FBG duck 
breakdown and how possibly little Dirk may be tied into this. And you know how the, all those guys were arrested for the murder. Yeah. And he did like an hour breakdown and it was really good. But it just got me thinking like, yeah, the police really don't have to do any work. They can just watch his videos. Right. because He made so many connections, you know, and it's all panned out. Yeah. But again, this is somebody who's sitting in the comfort of their home in England. Right. Eating like, how the fuck does million. he know uh, all the people who was involved in killing FBG Duck from fucking London or something? That's, right. that's crazy. Right. Oh. And that's what I just find very interesting that a lot of these guys who claim to be so hip hop and, you know, of the culture, they walk on eggshells when it's the white boys doing the same thing that DJ Academics has done. You know what I'm saying? Do you think it's because of the YouTuber or do you think it's because of the gang culture? Because I be feeling like people just scared to speak on certain things in general. Like they don't want to get into, you know, if if we're talking about um, any other topic, they got so much to say. And then when you say, well, what about this? Let's use like a mice on or something, for example. Mm-hmm. And it's and it'll be kind of like, oh, well, you know, that's that's the Chicago thing. I'm not going to get into that because I'm not from there. Nigga, you know what gang culture look like. Right. You know what it is. You know, right. what, like, I mean, I don't understand. Like, so I feel like sometimes they just have too much respect for certain cultures that are detrimental to society. I don't necessarily know if it's the YouTubers that they scared to go against. I think it's like the actual people. Yeah, I think it definitely runs deep, you know, and one thing about hip hop, they're always tend to gravitate towards more low vibrational stuff anyways. Even like I was talking yesterday, this whole free Larry, Larry Hoover movement, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, he's been in prison for a long time. I mean, I guess if y'all want him free, that's your business. But there's also political prisoners, you know, Matulu Shakur and people who really fight yeah, for like the yeah. black community. So y'all not going to have any free Matulu t-shirts and yeah, free you know, beer? Like, yeah, yeah, you know, uh, I I just don't get it. It's like, why are we always gearing towards, you know, death and destruction? You know, and I'm sure Larry Hoover has changed his ways from, you know, 30, 40 years ago. So I'm not saying that, you know, no disrespect. What I'm saying is that as we're trying to fight for him, who was a leader of GD, you know, who has now like this whole gang movement has caused so many young people to lose their lives. Why y'all are fighting for him to be free? And that's fine. What about also the political prisoners who actually did something to help benefit the community as well? That's true. They try to say for them to be just as loud, too. You get what I'm saying? Absolutely. They try to say they think it's because Larry Hoover could possibly change some of this gang culture stuff. And like where it's at now. And I think that that's just a super naive take. They don't give a fuck about what Larry Hoover got to say. (laughs) <laughs> they, they they are literally killing 50 year old women they don't care about him i mean that's just it just is what it is it's beyond you know that's like when you create a monster it's mm-hmm. beyond you now like right you, you're not going to be able to come back and just oh everybody come on we're gonna squash this they, they don't care they don't have that that kind of honor or respect towards well that was the problem you know with what happened in Chicago, because, you know, Minneapolis is very close to Chicago. So we had an influx. That's how our murder rate run up in the nineties because it was so many people fleeing Chicago. Then they bought all that bullshit here, you know, but that's what happened is that when they went to go destroy the projects, Cabrini greens and Robert Taylor and all that, they arrested a lot of the gang leaders. Cause like I said, when we were younger, they were codes, they were gang leaders 
who checked the youth. Right. There were certain levels. You couldn't just pop off. You, you know, sometimes before you could go right on an op, they'd make you physically fight first. Right. Like that, you know, y'all knuckle up and fight it out and, and move on. Right. You know what I'm saying? But once they arrested the leaders, the adults, the ones who kept the youth in check, everybody just kind of broke off and went renegade. Right. And they started, started doing, doing their, their own thing. thing. Right. right. So that that's the thing. So they knew what they were doing when they arrested all of the leaders, you know, and they left these kids to their own devices. So now how can you think that somebody who's in there? I don't know how old he is. I'm just going to throw out a number. Maybe 65. Yeah, 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 you know what I'm saying? How do y'all think he's going to come back in 2021, 2022 and change anything? Right. This has been something systemic and planned since when we were kids in the 90s. Right. And it's only gotten worse. I just don't. I think that's kind of silly to even think that that's going to change that. I think and I'm not saying I have the answers. Or I know what's going to happen or, or, you know, what needs to change. But it's sad. I mean, a lot of this stuff was planned out. You know, what I'm saying a, 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 and the people who plan the demise of another people, they're very patient. They know it's not going to happen in a year. They do things to systematically destroy a generation. Right. And now and we're seeing those fruits. Yeah. And I and I I can't, you know, every decade has its own right struggle. So like mm-hmm. the 80s, it had the war on drugs and then the 90s was the mass incarceration era. And then now it's like this fight is the hardest of all because we're fighting just literally against murder, just straight up. It's not mm-hmm. people just getting extensive sentences, you know, people getting more time than these people over here. Like this is kids, children getting murdered. This is the worst option of them all, I feel like at this point, you know, and yeah. it's crazy. And that's why I think that the only thing we can focus on, we can't really change the mentality of the people already, right? That think like mm-hmm. that. They have to change kind of, because you kind of have to change on your own. Nobody can make you think, start thinking differently. Um, but I do think that if it was just a limit, it wasn't as accessible and available, maybe we could do something about it. Um, it's no different than when drugs when droughts happen, the broke mm-hmm. niggas got to get out the way. That's just, that's just what it is. You know, they, you find something else to do because you ain't going to be able to do this right now. Only people that got a couple dollars that done had it can, can move right now. And I think if, you know, guns wasn't as accessible, then we would get a, a, a step up a little bit. Okay. So let's, let's go ahead and segue into that. Now you taught me something I didn't know. I'm not, I might know about wrestling and you don't know, <laughs> computers and, and things like that. But when it comes to guns, everything is an AR-15 to me. It could be a handgun. And he had an AR-15. <laughs> I was an AR-15 because, <laughs> you know, that's the only name I know. So you taught me something this week when you were sending me articles about ghost guns. Yeah, well, like, My is- mind is blown by this. Can you, before we even play any clips, can you break down to my audience, what is a ghost gun? Okay. So a ghost gun, they they started coming out around the end of the 2000s, around 2009-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a direct, when they started banning the AR-15s, the assault rifles, um, they, the, the gun enthusiasts created a loophole where they could still create them. So basically, it's like an 80% of a gun. So, you know... Picture a handgun, right? Mm-hmm. And you know the slide on the top, you know the thing that people cock. Mm-hmm. So take that off, right? And take the trigger off and take the pin off, the 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 the, the firing pin on the back. That is a a, a technically a frame, a 80% of a weapon. That's a ghost gun, 
right? So mm-hmm. what happens is it's a kit. So you get that piece, and then you get the slider sold separately, and you get the hammer sold separately, and you get the firing pen sold separately. You get a couple springs, and it all comes in one kit, and you can put it together yourself. So basically, that's when it first started was gun enthusiasts wanting to be able to have AR-15s and stuff. Of course, all these things always get out of hand, though. So when it first came out, kids, gang kids, started putting their guns together. And along the way, throughout the years, it has become way more sophisticated. So now the the, the reason why it's so accessible is because you can literally go online and buy the kit. It's it's they don't check. You could be 15. You could be 13. They're not really checking for your age. They're not really checking for where you're from because the parts don't have a serial number. They aren't federally regulated. It's just pieces. But as soon as you put those pieces together, it's a gun. <laughs> like literally, it only takes about an hour to put one together. Um, I'm gonna try my and best. It ends up turning into us into an automatic. So bullets are flying. It's not like pow, pow. It's <laughs> so, so that's when you so if you buy a switch i'm gonna try to talk about this you know without sounding like i know too much research yeah this is research that's called a, it's called a switch so uh-huh. that's a piece that you can put on the back of your gun that'll make it fully so now it's a fully automatic it's just it's just humming like an ar-15 okay so, and that piece costs like a hundred dollars Wow. Like you can literally put that piece on the bag. So you could buy up all your pieces for maybe let's say $500 and then you put the gun you put the gun together yourself and then you sell that gun for $1100 cuz you know pandemic prices is is something else. Mm-hmm. So what's happening now is people are not buying the kits and just putting their guns together themselves. People are literally because private companies can if you have a 3D printer, you can make these pieces. A lot of guns, handguns are plastic for the most part. You just got like the metal slider, everything else is plastic. So if you have a 3D printer, you can create this. So if you make toys, you could just make this piece. So what's happening is these private companies are making these pieces and they're selling them to other private people. The private people are putting the guns together and selling them on the, on the street. Mm. And that's how they're so easily accessible now because before you had to get a gun from a, a licensed gun, you know, manufacturer, mm-hmm. and, and then that store. licensed gun manufacturer would give the gun to a licensed seller. But now it's private companies who are just putting them together. Wow. So do y'all understand that a lot of this stuff is being done systematically to destroy communities? So I'm going to go ahead and play this um, video where they're talking about ghost guns, the rise of ghost guns. And it is becoming a huge problem in cities like Philadelphia. This is the main reason for what I'm what I've been researching, that the homicide rate is very high. They're even stating that one in 10 guns that are seized in Philadelphia are now homemade. One in 10. So it's getting bad out here. So y'all go ahead and check this out. Another big move from the president involves so-called ghost guns. Those are guns that can be built with kits and are hard to trace and do not require any kind of background checks. Dave, these ghost guns are all too familiar for police in Philadelphia. They are. The president wants to close a loophole that allows just about anyone, including a convicted felon, to buy one online. Again, because there's no background check and no serial numbers to trace. That's a big problem in Philadelphia. You get a kit, you get it in the mail, 
takes a couple tools. They're called ghost guns, and police say these easy-to-assemble, untraceable handguns are popping up at crime scenes and on street corners all over Philadelphia. These ghost guns, they're a real issue for us down here in South Philly. Two weeks ago, this real-time crime camera spotted a suspect displaying this ghost gun on the street at 21st and McKean. Officers arrived. He was quickly arrested. Out of all the guns we recovered from the beginning of the year, about almost 15% of them are these ghost guns. Police say this ghost gun with an extended magazine was taken away from a female member of South Philly's notorious 5th Street gang here off McClellan Street. Investigators say it's no secret who has these guns. Some of our most violent people, people with a lot of arrest, a lot of uh, prior contacts with law enforcement. Attorney General Josh Shapiro says 250 ghost guns, including assault rifles, were seized in Philly last year. Already this year, close to 200. Here's Shapiro after four recent ghost gun arrests. They assembled them quickly, and then they sold them to people on the streets of Philadelphia who want to commit crimes, and in some cases did. Shapiro's gun task force tracks illegal ghost gun dealers who are selling them on the street. He recently got the operator of the state's largest gun show to agree to stop selling ghost guns at shows. Police are happy the president wants the sale of ghost guns treated just like traditional firearms with serial numbers and background checks. If we could get these guns out of these hands, then we'll, we'll be a lot safer city. All right. I mean, this is scary. And to look at those ghost guns, they look like toy guns. They don't yeah. look like the super heavy metal, shiny guns, you know, that we're used to seeing. They yeah. look like they could just be toy guns. Yeah. But they and they're the causing damage. Yeah. And they, they, they have more powerful weaponry than cops. Because once you put the switch on it, that's it. It's 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 fully auto. Um, mm. Cops don't even have fully auto. So it's more dangerous than any, you know, handgun that, you know, anybody has, which is which is crazy. And actually in LA, they said that it's forty percent of their gun their cases is gun ghost gun um, ghost guns already. And I know that that's where it started. It started, they, they, they started over there when ghost guns first started getting um, picked up. It was on the West and that was in early, like in 2009 and stuff. So it's funny how it takes time for the kind of sweep, but basically a lot of the blue states, a lot of the states that are, you know, kind of tough, tougher on guns um, mm -hmm. is dealing with this problem, especially the urban cities, but they're not um, really, I feel like they're misleading when they say one in 10. That's or 15%. That sounds low, but mm -hmm. it's only, you know, maybe 10 or 15% of the population that's involved in like, you know, gang culture and stuff like that. So I would like to know the murder rate of people that are murdered with ghost guns because I believe that that is extremely, extremely high. Um, but I feel like they're still trying to downplay it a bit because they don't want to freak people out about how, you know, free and how open this, this market is. But it's, it's a very, very open market. If you are a kid who good with your hands, and, you know, you you like putting stuff together and putting things apart and all that. It's a lot of kids that's out here. They just collecting kits, putting them together and just selling guns. I mean, yeah, and they're making their money. It's like yeah. the new hustle. It's, it's definitely the new hustle.
Yeah, I mean, it's it's scary to think about. And I feel like a lot of this stuff is just a bigger plan to destroy people, you know, to depopulate, to destroy the community, get rid of the black men in the community, you know, with death and prison and things like that. Because even when you think about even in some of these red states as well, there's a lot of new gun laws that are being passed. And, you know, we're saying that the violence is going up, but you guys are getting more and more lax on the gun laws. Case in point. A lot of people in Tennessee put me on to a new gun law that was enacted in June of this year because when the young Dolph situation happened, a lot of people were upset. And they were saying back then that this is why the shootings are getting out of control. The new law states that in Tennessee, um, you have to be 21 and older to carry a gun. You don't need a permit or training anymore. Mm-hmm. Before, you'd have to be registered, have a permit, go through gun classes. They got rid of that. You can literally now in Tennessee walk into any store as long as you're 21 and over and go buy a gun and you're good. And they did the same thing in Texas recently, too. Yeah, yeah, I heard about Texas. Mm -hmm. Where they got rid of permits and anybody can just, you know, have a gun. So I feel like it's very interesting that as one, the demon time energy was going up in 2020. A lot of these laws were being changed and reenacted in 2020 and 2021. And then you had the rise of the ghost guns. And then we sit here and we wonder why murder is up in several states all over the country. I mean, yeah. at rates that we haven't seen since the 90s. Yeah, because it's not all violent crime. That's how you know the guns is the main issue. Because it's mm-hmm. not like people just getting beat up way more too right or, right you know it's, it's other violent you know crimes like yeah the carjackings are up which is crazy y'all is up 500 something percent did you see that in minneapolis yeah 537 percent it said i said Damn. In, in carjackings yeah they're getting bad yeah that's mm-hmm. crazy um but it's specifically you know shootings and murder so that tells you exactly what the problem is i think though places like texas and other other places who prior to that law right their laws are just genuinely more lax than up up north than us mm-hmm. it evens the playing field a little bit for everybody though so like i feel like people are a little less to it's very hard you know like i will never ever be able to purchase a gun you know legally mm-hmm. ever in life and i'm walking around in this city where people just get murdered for getting gas and shit because you because you want my car you know what i mean like that mean mm-hmm. so it's harder and i feel like that's how this loophole with the ghost guns impacts us harder because it's harder for people to get guns in these type of states. And mm. that's how, that's how it's just set aflame. Like, I don't think Texas is going to go through this problem with the ghost guns as much because it's not as the laws are as stiff. So people don't got to go around it as much as they go around it. In, in these that's true. Cause even like in New York, guns are illegal, right? But people still have tons of guns, right? Mm, that yeah. makes sense. So that yeah. might be. So that's probably why it became popular. That way they could work around a lot of these laws where people want to have guns to protect themselves. You know, not everybody who's a gun owner is bad or they're a killer. You know, I don't I'm not anti gun. I do believe that guns serve a purpose and they're definitely there to protect you if you need it. But I am against, you know, these damn serial killing kids out here. But, you know, as far as like guns to protect your home and things like that, I don't see anything wrong with that at all. But, yeah, that that's a really good point, though, that in some states it's so strict that for some people the only thing they can do is get a ghost gun yeah i mean because in open carry states and stuff like that i I don't think that they're i haven't heard their name in these um ghost guns conversations like i have heard it in 
in Pennsylvania and, you know, California, places who, you know, um, the gun laws are a little stricter and, and harder to access. You know what I mean? So right. I, I just, it, it's crazy because it's really no real right or wrong or way to approach it. But I do definitely think, I hear Biden saying rhetoric about how he wants to put serial numbers on them and require background checks and, you know, all that's great. But it's already it's already unleashed now. Now you got millions of ghost guns on the street, so you got to deal with them too. Um, even if you were to enact this bill today or tomorrow, you would still be left with the impact of having millions of these things on the street at this point. Right. Oops, sorry about that. Right. So what I want to do now is go ahead and segue. Um, we still have a few more minutes left. So I want to talk about, you know, just the gun violence that's hitting the hip hop community. Like we talked about earlier, we had the death of Young Dolph. And I mean, that broke so many people's hearts in Memphis. You know, a lot of people were really affected by his death. They were big fans of Young Dolph. Young Dolph did a lot for his community. And since he's died, a lot of people have been dealing with even more gun violence, unfortunately. Um, so on top of him being killed recently, um, Slim 400 was also killed and Slim 400 was a, a rapper from LA. I believe he was from Compton and he was a blood. And so recently, um, his last post on Instagram was an ode to young Dolph cause him and young Dolph, they had did a song together. So the last post that he made, um, was basically the album cover and it says Slim 400 young Dolph. And then he wrote, um, at some 400 black rest in peace, Dolph. And then literally a few hours later, he was gunned down. Yeah. It's so crazy. It's so sc- uh, I have that song that they did on my um, playlist. Mm-hmm. And when I saw that the cover art was them two tombstones, like after when I went, it was like playing and I looked, I was like, what the, f- that's crazy. The song shake back is mm-hmm. both of their names and it's on like a tombstone. His is like really big, and then it has Young Dolph at the bottom, and it's just like, right? Oh my God, when are we going like see that it's more than just you know visual? Oh, that's just an artwork. That's just cover art. No, like yeah. this, this shit is connected. Like you know, and I'm not the biggest conspiracy person. I mean, but damn, that's you know, I ain't putting my name on no tombstone. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, you can speak um, things into existence. It's about manifestation. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just so, so sad. They were saying his murder was also gang related. I don't know how true that is. I feel like a lot of times the cops like blaming a lot of things on gangs that they're not even sure about. Did um, you see the video? The video? No, I didn't. The video of him saying. There's a video. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. No, and he I was don't... holding on to the killer. There was He was trying to, the killer was trying to kick him off with his leg and he yeah, kept yeah, holding on. I it, but I, I said, I that remember. was crazy. Yeah. The dude was just shooting him. He was not trying to let the dude go. Uh, uh, uh. I was like, so he was fighting for his life until the very end. So fucking horrible. I can't watch them shits no more. I just can't. It's just yeah. too much. Um, especially, you know, I'd be following all the Philly news pages and it's just some horrific shit on there. So I try my best to not, you know, watch death videos anymore. Um, mm-hmm. But I did read about it. I did yeah. read about it. I know it was on camera. Yeah, somebody's ring alarm caught it. Damn. It's just, you know, it's it's really sad the things that are going on out here, you know, and especially like I said, it's it's like now life is imitating art or is mm-hmm. art imitating life. We really can't even tell the difference anymore. Yeah, no, because hip hop has always been a reflection of what was going on in the, in the street. That mm-hmm. is, that's always been the case. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, is it really um, 
is it just reflecting like what's what's happening still you know um mm -hmm. these same young men they still part of that same community so I, I don't know why it seems like so many rappers are getting murdered i guess i guess they are at a at a higher rate now than let's say you know even five years ago mm -hmm. but i also think that there's more street rappers now than it was five years ago right so right. remember what i always tell you like it's mostly you know a lot of times you can become a rapper because you're a gangster that's yeah. the reason why you bec can become a rapper mm -hmm. or if you already got a bunch of drug money you can just slide over in the rap so i feel like a lot of the entertainers these days are already from the street they're not like polished up and yeah know, they're not studio the gangsters anymore right. yeah no Remember, that was the whole thing was like we had the whole era of studio gangsters like Akon who had to sign locked me up when they been in jail. You know, Clyde, he had a degree. Like you, you're literally wrapping yeah. your brother's life. Your brother was the one who did all the dirt. So people got tired of like, you know, the fake facade. But then in return, then what did they do? They went to the streets to, get, to go get real shooters and killers and, you know, people like King Von and others and turn them into rappers. Right. And I mean, also sometimes you could have you could have have been a street person, mm -hmm. and now you're not. But the hood is uh, it, it hate it hates success, you know. Mm -hmm. So you could because a lot of because sometimes I feel like people are definitely reformed and not even on that no more. You know, they entertainers, they got a good life. Why would they ever go back to that? Right. But the hate of the people that you left behind in the community, you know that is what what ultimately can become your demise too you know so it's like damn i can't even you know what i mean go back and look out or i can't even go back and i don't go nowhere near and i ain't hardly got no money but i got enough <laughs> that i don't go nowhere near my old block you know where i got into the shootout and all that shit i don't go nowhere near there for what mm -hmm. i mean because if you still out there nine times out of ten you 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 don't really love me like that because you can't even, you don't even love your life right like that. You still out there. That shit happened 15 years ago. You still there. There's no right. way you happy where you at. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, that's another thing. Like, I feel like people be having that attachment to um, poverty and the attachment to, which is, which I get, but you got to learn how to cut that shit off and, you know, mm -hmm. elevate and use people who are still there and help them and let them help others. You know what I'm saying? And mm -hmm. I don't mean you got to put yourself back in it. So. Yeah, and I think that's the problem, too, with hip hop is that sometimes we shame these guys like you need to go back to your community and give back. Well, you can give back by cutting a check. We don't you don't need to walk through the streets of Marcy projects to help out, Absolutely. you know, and I think that's where some rappers need to really understand that. Like, no, it's cool to go back. It's good to help out. But also be smart about it you know maybe just do a like yeah i know he was famous for doing turkey drives you know where there's security and there's plenty of cameras and there's police and you get back that way but to just pop up you got to watch that because i like i said i'll never forget when boosie was saying that in the vlad interview that some people in your hood are hypnotized by hatred they you know they're so mad that you made it out because when you think about it we all basically start at the same playing field from yeah. the time we're born no matter what neighborhood we grew up in here chicago new york we're all basically at the same playing field and then at some point in time you decide you want to do more with your life you decide that you know what just sitting on the block ain't enough for me you know running around here turning tricks ain't enough for me i want more out of life right yeah. so then you start elevating but the people that you started off with they're not they're still stagnant at the same place and that can cause people to really 
really feel away. Like jealousy is a motherfucker. Yeah, and you and, can't expect yeah. you you will be super. Are you even from the hood? If you thought that if you go back rich, everybody's gonna love that. Like right. like there's been times where you know you might not even been rich. You might have just got some new sneakers or got some. You when you was a kid and people talk shit. Somebody step on your shit to be smart. Like it's like mm-hmm. so. What do you think is going to happen on a level of having a million dollars or having you know hundreds of thousands of dollars? Like mm-hmm. people don't want to see that, and that's just that's just what a part of poverty is about. People are yeah. poor. People are hungry. People are starving. People are not happy. So mm-hmm. to expect to just receive all this love is like a very very naive thought. Um, yeah, you have to be very smart when dealing with certain situations because you know, like Boosie said, it's sometimes it's not even the fact that they're trying to kill you, um, to rob you or take anything. Mm-hmm. It's it's clout. Yeah. Like, yeah, I took them out, you know, just based on jealousy and envy and things like that. And it's sad because again, it really only happens in this genre. When was the last time we've ever heard a country music star going back to to the streets of Tennessee and getting gunned down. <laughs> it doesn't happen. You know what I mean? Like Taylor Swift had nobody's beefing with Taylor Swift like that. You know, like her old neighborhood in Calabasas, wherever the hell she's but, from. But, you know, but it's like something that's mirrored onto hip hop, unfortunately. Because because hip hop was created from this. It was created from poverty. That's what mm-hmm. it was created from. People that, that that wasn't, you know, they couldn't sing, right? But they mm-hmm. had a story to tell. They was good with words, and they ain't have shit. They had a, a cardboard on the ground and some, some spray paint and shit. Like they was poor, and right. they created this thing, and it started taking people far places that people never thought that it would take people. But for every one person to take to that far place, it's thousands of people dying every day. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I, I I totally. Um, see, I totally know what it's like. I've I've been in studio sessions where niggas just start hating on Meek for no reason. Man, fuck that nigga Meek. Man, fuck that nigga. And it's just like I just be looking at him like, damn, you you just can't accept the fact that you are not in a position where he is yet. You finding any reason to mm-hmm. be mad at somebody that's just doing their thing, just living their life, you know? So right. it's like one of those things that since it was born from this, it was born from poverty. You can't, you can't really expect nothing else. Unfortunately, I wish we would have moved this culture in a more forward way. I don't think we did. I think it's, you know, people get more money than they ever did, but at the same time, the negative impact, I feel like hip hop is old enough now where you Mm -hmm. can start to see what the impact was or is. Cause I remember in the nineties arguing before, like, when people used to say, oh, you a kid, you shouldn't be listening. I'm like, it's just music, you know? Oh, like, yeah, like, we ready to fight. Don't touch my two-five CD. Ain't nothing but a thing. Oh, my God. <laughs> be, uh, Beanie Siegel, man, I'm telling you, people think I be bullshitting, but that song, Fill It In The Air, caused me to get in that shootout that night. It had me so paranoid. I listened to it 50 times a day, probably, in my, in my mm-hmm. CD player, just kept listening to it, listening to it, listening to it. And it was a song about, like, paranoia and people being out to get you and, like, all that shit. You mix that mm. shit with drugs, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you mix that shit with some pills and some syrup and all that shit, you be bugged out. You know what I mean? So that was when I knew, like, because I'm not going to say it was the total blame, of course, but it played the little factor that oh, I listened yeah. to that song every day, all day. Yeah, um, music is powerful. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, I feel like now we're at an age where music is, hip-hop is probably like 50 years old, almost. Mm-hmm. So we can kind of see um, what it's doing. And, and it has changed a lot of lives and made a lot of money and, and, you know, changed a lot of families' lives for the better. 
but it has also had this negative impact and you know it has also created a lot of hate and division and when you come back you kind of got to expect what you expect if you if that's where you want to be don't expect to get treated better than the next poor nigga you know, they going to treat you worse like so i mean you kind of got to expect it at this point yeah and and then you know and and that's what i say like at what point do we hold some of these entertainers accountable because you know like okay fine it's cute that now that you're 50 and washed up now you're woke and now you want to talk about black empowerment and economics and doing stuff but the way you got your money was by perpetuating all this bullshit to young people like us and you know friends that i grew up with i mean i can't tell you how many people started gangbanging because of snoop dogg you know in the 90s you know, everybody wanting to be a crip and things like that. Like those were, you know, music is very powerful. Images are very powerful. And all of that was fed to young people. Remember Crazy Bone, um, who's a reborn again Christian and everything on his podcast. He had read about how executives in the 90s, you know, came out with this plan to use artists you know, not just bone, but all types of artists to perpetuate drug culture, crime culture, because they had investments in the prison. So a lot of this stuff was by design. So, you know, I, I remember when, when Rod Wave said, you know what I'm saying? Jeezy taught us to sell crack, but he sent his son to college. Real shit. And people got mad, but he was speaking some real shit. I, well, I have a question. How, how would you hold a Snoop Dogg or for let, let's use a better example a jay-z mm -hmm. right because jay-z does do i feel like a lot right he tries mm -hmm. to like help here he tries to bail people out here he tries to do all the shit how would you hold someone accountable now for the stuff for that the they things that they, yeah yeah sure. how, how, how how what does that look like i don't even think it's possible to be honest with you because would it be fair for us to hold him accountable and keep beating him over the head? But then we're not ever going to hold Quentin Tarantino accountable for the violence that he put in his movies. Right. You know, yeah. you get what I'm saying? So that's where it's a slippery slope. And I don't want to just get on the black entertainers and say, you should be held accountable. You need to take all your money that you've made from this and give it back to the community. Meanwhile, the white folks who perpetuated this imagery in TV and, and, and movies, they're good. Right. And I mean, as a person who had like a really fucked up, shady criminal background, mm -hmm. I can tell you that if somebody is talking to me like I'm still that person from then, you're not you're not talking to me. Right. So because I'm I'm so evolved, I'm so much different. So if you're trying to talk to me about if I see somebody I haven't seen in 15 years and they like, I can't believe you shout out with them cops. What was you thinking? All that shit. I'ma just look at them like I can't even relate to what you're saying. I know it happened and I know I did it, but I'm not I'm so far removed from that person that I can't identify with you know how you're speaking in the manner that you're speaking. Mm -hmm. I just I just I just can't. You know, so I feel like that's that's the thing, too. I feel like people do change and people do evolve and mm -hmm. it's hard to hold them accountable for someone they used to be, because if you really are evolved, it's falling on deaf ears to the person. You know what I mean? Right. So, right. Um, yeah, it, it is hard, you know, to, to hold them accountable. But I think, you know, really one of the only ways you can is to watch what they're doing now. So, OK, fine. You did that in your younger years. You was the gangbang kingpin of drugs. Cool. You're not that anymore. So where are you at now in your later years? 
So I think that's the thing. Now, if you want to keep trying to dip your toe and, you know, keep trying to put out gangbang music every now and then, well, now I got to give you the side eye because mm -hmm. now you're still perpetuating bullshit and you know better. You know what I mean? So I think that's one way we can hold people accountable, but you're definitely right. We have to allow people a chance to change and prove themselves, you know? But I also think too, we as people, individuals also have to hold ourselves accountable because at the end of the day, it's nobody else's job to raise my children. So Snoop Dogg can say what he wanted to say in his music, but guess what? None of us ever gang banged. None of us ever went to go join a gang. We listened to it and we knew it was just music. And, and my parents let us know none of that shit is going on in this household. So again, it goes back to the family structure, but unfortunately everybody doesn't have that. Right. So we have to acknowledge the people, you know, they come home, their single mother is working. 12 hours. Yep. So the kids are left alone to their own devices. Yep. So that's where it's hard. And that's where, again, it falls on the community, you know, yep. reaching out and, and, and doing things. And that's why I, I'm a big proponent of getting kids involved in sports, not because you're trying to raise the next LeBron James or the next, you know, um, you know, Michael Vick, but the fact that it, it one, it keeps them off the streets. Because right. the hottest time for young people to get involved in fuck shit, to get pregnant, to, you know, what I mean? to be game banging, shooting with these ghost guns is after school between the hours of three and 8 p.m. That's when a lot of dirt is done. And they and shoot out right in front of the schools at the let mm -hmm. I had to actually yep. take my son out of school. Like he is in virtual school. He's he don't even go to a regular school now. Um he got into a fight with a kid at school and the guy was like, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to smoke you, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And before there was a time where yeah. a kid say that and it's just like, oh, they just mad, whatever. Yeah. I had to take that as a full on ass threat. Yeah. I'm like, I can't even yeah. send him back to school. And yeah. it's crazy because, you know, and I, I agree 100% with what I was doing when, when I found out that my kid had got that OTF tattoo a couple years ago. That shit shook me so bad. I was like, how the fuck? What happened? Like and I really should be better than this. <laughs> no, I was so disappointed. You know, Chicago. <laughs> I was oh, so trust me. Oh my god, I was so disappointed. But ever since then, I have every minute of his day is accounted for. I know where he is at all times. I know when he's at work. I know when he's at home. I know when he's at virtual school. I know when he's in group. I know everywhere he goes. And and he's 16 years old and his curfew is at 930. And he always like, why my curfew got to be 930? I'm 16. I'm about to be. And it's like, I feel bad. Like, I yeah. wish that I could give you a little more freedom. I wish that I could. You are, like one in the morning at 16. Let's keep it real. Yeah, facts. You, know, you, you know feel I mean? bad. But it's a whole different day and age. It's, you know it what I'm is. saying? You're not me. It is. <laughs> and, and you silly. You got that OTF tattoo. I can't trust you to your own judgment. <laughs> you silly. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, and I tell them all the time, I appreciate, you know, I've, as you grow older, I realize you are a good kid. You could be, mm -hmm. you could be let astray easily, though. And because of that, you know, I, I'm sorry, but this is just how, how we got to carry it right now. Let us move. Let us let us get out of this area and we can, you know, do things differently. But for now, I got to know yeah, every way can move because I, I just can't go out like that. You know what I mean? Or, or I have to do whatever I can do best in my power mm -hmm. so that we don't go out like that. You know, yeah, it, it, it's scary. And you want to make sure that your kids are OK and they're safe. And, you know, my brother works in the school system. And, you know, that's one thing that we talk about is just the level of violence that these kids just spew out their mouth. Mm -hmm. They get into a fight 
and the response is, I'm going to kill you. Mm -hmm. And they can't take it as the kid is just blown off steam because we live in a day and age where these kids will come back to the school and shoot up shit. Absolutely. It's scary. My, my kid never went back to that school. He 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 got um he got junked. So mm -hmm. like his his gum line, right? It was like right where his teeth and the gum meet, it was all busted up. They didn't know if his teeth was like broke up in there. Mm -hmm. So we had to take him to the ER, you know, they had to make sure everything was okay. And the minute that he told me that that kid made that threat on his life, that was it. Mm -hmm. You never physically ever stepping back in there. Ever. Yep. Like and 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 at the end of the day, I'll rather you do virtual. I'll sit here with you and you know help you if you need help or whatever. But at least I can see you. At least my mm -hmm. eyes on you, and I know you okay. And it's like a lot of people are taking that route, like not taking their kids, not putting their kids in the schools. Because the more your kid ingratiates with other kids and meets other kids, is more of a threat to you know what could potentially happen. Um, especially when you have a child like mine who is. Um, uh, got an IEP and shit like that. I'm sure mm -hmm. a lot of the moms out there know, you know, kids like that. You know, you gotta really be on them, and whoever they kind of come in contact with could be a potential threat to get them involved in some bullshit, or you know, you know, have them victimized on some other on some other shit. So it's it's yeah. it's really like you gotta hover over your children, even if they're 16, even if they about to be 17. You gotta mm -hmm. treat them like little kids. And they right wait now. now, but they'll appreciate it. Absolutely. Once they get older, you know, because being a parent is a thankless job. But looking back on it, it's like, yo, you really went hard for me. You really wanted me to be safe. I know some people who lost children and they feel like they ain't going to live. Like, and I, and I have seen some mothers not live, not make it, you know, because it's not the natural order of things. Mm -mm. Right. So like if it, if it happens and, and it, it's happening a little bit too much for some people, that's too much. Because it's, it's not the natural order, and that's just not the wish, the way that they wish to, you know, live. It's broken heart. I've seen it. I've seen moms die from broken hearts from losing their kids. You know, yeah. Um, you know, my little cousin was the last murder of 2020. Remember, mm, um, he was yeah. on, on New Year's Eve. Um, and he was a baby. He was 15 year old. You know, not wow. really into this shit. And I, you know, I, I try to look out for his mom as much as I can just to make sure tap in with her, just to make sure she's okay. You know, cause it's like they, all the moms say, it's just like not anything that anyone can relate to, which I know is true. And also you can say things to them that it's, uh, that's offensive without even trying to be, you know what right. I mean? Like, you yeah. know how people say shit like, um, Oh, you know, he's in a better place or like all that bullshit and, that. Right. not at all not at all you know so you gotta kind of carry them a, a certain way you know i try to like listen to her listen to what she says so i know how to operate with other people who lost children mm -hmm. yeah it's a lot it's a lot to unpackage you know um but our time has come up but I really appreciate you coming on here and just, you know, dropping knowledge and especially about the ghost gun situation, because I'm sure a lot of people had no idea that this is even going on. Yeah, it's the new wave. That's if, <laughs> if, 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 if you're looking for a gun and that's probably what you won't get if you go looking. So mm. I just wanted y'all to know about it. Yeah, it's a lot, you know, so hopefully we're going to have to just sit around and, and just hope and pray that 2022 is somewhat better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know? Once we get rid of the pandemic, then people can start wearing those masks because I also think the mask got these little niggas feeling invisible. They feel like That's they could do true. anything. That's you know true. I mean? Running up in stores, stealing all that Louis Vuitton. <laughs> yeah, I was looking for the little niggas, I ain't going to lie. <laughs> 
Yeah, these folks will be acting like they can't be seen because they got on a mask. Like, no, you know, we can see you. <laughs> At least from the eyes up. Shit. <laughs> oh, man. I was looking. I said, damn, where they, where they hit that at? I'm saying maybe some of that shit like man. Bob Philly. <laughs> They've been going crazy everywhere with that, sm- that smash and grab. They did that yeah. on Black Friday up here in the Twin Cities. About 30 people ran into Best Buy and stole TVs and iPhones and all types of shit. I said, wow, yeah. these kids is bold. They is. Bold. But it's, it's true. What could, they, what could you do if we all just run in there? Nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because if I worked there, I used to work at Best Buy back in the day. I'm not chasing behind no 30 people. All right. Well, <laughs> you know, good luck with your goods. Right. Shit, I, got a, I got a family to go home to. Right. Because these yeah. people are crazy. They'll pull out a gun on you. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, mm-hmm. how much we selling that TV for? Shit. <laughs> <laughs> my discount. <laughs> If they need my discount, I might fuck with you. <laughs> right. It's it's a mess out here. So oh, all we yeah. can do is just stay prayed up, you know, talk to your kids, be involved in your kids' lives, understand yeah. what they're going through, what they're involved in, you know, and there's no such thing as being too cautious or being too protective. Because at the end of the day, you have one life. Yeah. And it is your job as a parent to protect your kid by any means necessary. Absolutely. Hug them too. Hug your kids. Touch them. Like, yeah. You know I mean, shit like that. Kids don't be getting hugged or nothing. Um, Definitely. Well, BL, thank you once again for coming through. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me, boo. Congratulations on the Spotify deal. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we'll definitely have you back on. Definitely have you back on. This is a good topic. Maybe we'll do a green room in the future about this. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Thank you very much. All right. All right, 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 T-Sippers. We'll talk to you guys later. Enjoy the rest of your day. Deuces. Thank you for listening to today's show. Make sure you join us again soon. For all the latest tea, make sure you follow me on my social media pages. Just put in L-O-V-E-L-Y-T-I on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube.